right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast. This is episode 168. Our podcast exists to see Jesus famous. What that means is that we want to see Jesus honored, glorified, loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed in your everyday life. Uh, To me, Jesus Famous is the model that Paul the Apostle uses so often in his epistles. Talk about Jesus in the first half, respond to what you've learned of Jesus in the second half of each of those letters. Once Jesus becomes famous to you, you're driven forward in a relationship with him. I'm Nate Holdridge, your host today. I pastor Calvary Monterey on the California Central Coast. Hello to all of you who are listening, who are part of our church. This podcast is for you, but anybody else listening listening in, thanks for joining us. I like to preach about Jesus Famous on Sundays and write and podcast about Jesus Famous during the week at nateholdrich.com. And uh, our show consists of interviews and discussions and stories that we think will help propel you further into an appreciation of Jesus. And I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, We're going to talk about 12 tips to help you read the Bible. 12 tips to help you read the Bible. I've said this before in our church context, we would love for our church services on Sunday to be something that each member of our church mimics throughout the week. So worship, prayer, and time in the word to start each day that way or to have a portion of your day that is centered around the Bible is really important. And so we're going to talk practically today about some helpful aids to reading the Bible. And to help me accomplish this today, I've invited a few guests into the studio with me, some friends of mine that I trust and admire and respect. Um, I've got Pastor Jeff Buck with me today. I have our Adult Ministries Director, Janine Staten, with me today. And I have our Outreach Director, uh, Ann Jensen, with me today. And uh, of course, there's me, Nate Holdridge. And we'll all share different things about reading the Bible uh, today. So let's go around the room and uh, introduce each of you. Welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast, you guys. Pastor Jeff. I've been privileged to be here uh, assisting Pastor Nate for the last almost 15 years, doing kind of the general pastoral care that you learn after so many years in the ministry. Uh, I work with Ann in the outreach area that she directs. I uh, serve on the board. I'm one of the pastors here, decision makers, and uh, just generally uh, loving on the people of God here. That's what I do. Awesome. And Jeff today is wearing his 49ers pullover. Uh, and at the time of recording, that means that he's mourning. The, I am mourning. the season is now over, but you mm-hmm. look good. And uh, Janine, she's got her life groups hoodie on. No, uh, no coincidence there. She's always representing life groups. Welcome, Janine. Thanks. I came ready. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> um, well, I have been here in the Monterey area, not quite 10 years, but almost. Wow, crazy. It time flies. <laughs> and when I first came here, I wasn't working for the church. I was working uh, locally. But in the last couple of years, God brought me here, um, starting in the life groups ministry primarily, doing a few other things, and then I've transitioned recently into this adult ministries director role, which I'm super excited about, um, not only for me personally, but most importantly for our church and just what that is going to look like um, as we move forward. So I um, have a husband and a dog. She's a Siberian Husky. So those of you who know 
dogs, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just love the chance to be able to um, grow here as a Christian in this church and just to serve alongside so many great people. Yeah. Thanks, Janine. Uh, Janine is uh, a great blessing to our team. I remember many years ago sitting with your future husband, Sam, and he was telling me about this girl named Janine that he was thinking about. And I'm so glad that the two of you connected, got married, and that the Lord brought you here. And I can't wait to hear some of the things you share with the people today. And Anne, welcome again to the podcast. You guys have heard Anne before, as well as Janine and Jeff, of course. But Anne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for wanting to have me back. Um, Yeah, my name is Anne. I am a Salinas kid, so I've been a local kid here my whole life. Um, I did go away to school. I went to Biola University, and part of the thing that I loved going there was I got a minor in biblical studies, and that's been super helpful just in my personal life. So hopefully a couple of these tips will be pulled from that. Um, I'm the outreach director here at the church, so I really get to focus on blessing our community, equipping our church to bless the community, and also be involved in foreign missions, keeping up with our missionaries and sending people on trips. Um, I'm married to Bryce. He is also a Salinas kid. We love living here um, and have an almost two-year-old little boy. So learning how to have a walk with God and shape your quiet time, Mm. if you could even call it that, with a kid this little, (laughs) um, has been a new experience for us. So I'll share some tips also from that sphere of my life and the just the things that have helped me as we've struggled through it. Yeah, that's great. I just imagine little Theo just sitting there with his hands folded, just patiently waiting for Mm -hmm. mom to finish her quiet time with Jesus. Oh yeah, every day. No, I don't think that's ever happened. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to talk about this today. I love the word and love encouraging people to get into the word. So I'm just going to moderate today and make some comments here and there. So Pastor Jeff, why don't you start with your first tip to help people with Bible reading? My first tip is to have three bookmarks in your Bible. Now you have to work up to this. It took me a long time to become a disciplined Bible reader, but three bookmarks, put a bookmark, Genesis 1. Psalms 1, Matthew 1. And so that way you can read three chapters if you can work up to that amount of time. And you get the whole beautiful plethora of prophetic words and prophecies and the law and the prophets from the Old Testament. You get in Psalms and Proverbs, which I read repetitively. So I'll read through all the Psalms, go to Proverbs. Psalms, you get the intimacy with God. You get the emotions that you may express to God. It's just wonderful. Proverbs gives you strength, endurance for the the ride. And and in Matthew, Mark onward, you get the picture of Jesus and all the beautiful theology of Paul and expansion of Acts and Revelation prophecy. So if you can discipline yourself to read in those three places, you will become a a very strong, stable, balanced Christian person. Mm, I love that one partly because it offers a protection against perhaps those passages of Scripture that you don't as easily relate to or that are harder to understand. Uh, You might be in uh, Lamentations, and there's beautiful things in Lamentations in my opinion, but maybe for you it's not 
resonating, but at the same time, you also have another bookmark in the gospel of Luke Correct. and you're reading the life of Christ. So that's a great, great strategy. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yep. Recently I've been doing a thing where I've been kind of trying to let the Psalms drive a little portion of my prayer time mm-hmm. and just keeping that bookmark in Psalms, but just moving forward and letting the text itself kind of stimulate my prayer so that that can be a helpful thing too with that third bookmark great one all right janine what's your first tip well we couldn't have paid you for a better segue actually (laughs) because um the when one of the first things i thought about when you asked us this question was how i read the word just saturated in prayer Mm. Because, I mean, the job of the Holy Spirit is to interpret the word for us. One of the things, right, that he does. That's what the word tells us, in fact, about Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. And so when we approach God's word in prayer, honestly, even before we truly lay eyes on it, we get a chance for the Holy Spirit to do that work um, to help us not only understand, but also just like apply um, and interpret Uh, what the word says most accurately. Um, There's obviously other tips and I don't want to go too far into it on how to interpret the word accurately, but starting with the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit is really important. Yeah. Um, And one of the things that I was taught to do also was um, what you mentioned was about actually praying the scripture. So starting Mm. with the Holy Spirit, kind of centering you, but then also allowing the spirit to guide you in prayer. Beth Moore wrote a great book called, um, praying God's word. Mm. Fantastic resource for you to learn how to pray through scripture. Yeah. Um, even if you just take Philippians four, for example, four, six, right. Do you be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, let your request be known, made known to God. If I pray that back to God, I'm just saying, dear Lord, please help me not to be anxious. Yeah. But in everything I do today, let me turn it over to you. Yeah. Right? And that just, I just turned that simple verse back into a prayer and a request to God. So, yeah, I love that. That's such a great tip. I mean, this is a, when we're interacting with the Bible, it's a spiritual thing that we're doing. It's not a mere academic exercise. It's unlike reading any other book. So, to remember the spirit is involved, this is a spiritual work. And so, to do it in prayer. Uh, For those of you, we'll put a link to that book that Janine mentioned in the um, notes of the podcast. For those of you, maybe guys that feel like you have a Beth Moore allergy or something like that, uh, Donald Whitney also wrote a book called Praying the Bible. Same kind of concepts, uh, Praying the Word, if that's helpful to you. Anne, what's your number one? This is my this is my biggest game changer for being a new mom or for any new parents is to go audio. Ah, yeah. I think sometimes we think. audiobooks or going audios like cheating or it's not real reading but I was even just listening to a podcast where um they were interviewing a woman who's a bible teacher but she's blind so this is the only way this is the main way she actually never learned to read braille she went blind um in adulthood this is the main way she ingests god's word and so it's like it's totally legit you know jesus tells us to be hearers of the word and I think this is a really um just practical way. And I found for me as being a new mom, you know, I have a lot more time. My ears are more free than my eyes or my hands right. with a baby or a toddler. Yeah. Um, in those early days, man, you're sitting, you're feeding a kid or you're rocking them and, you know, um, getting a good pair of wireless 
earbuds and popping those in, not messing with chords, just press go and either have worship music or just have it read your, just your Bible app will probably read scripture straight to you. Um, my favorite app is um, Lectio 365. So it kind of draws upon the practice of um, scripture meditation and what I love about it, it's based out of um, the UK. So each day they have the meditation set up already. Um, they have a, a, a psalm and then a, a passage of scripture, and they give you space within the actual recording to pray, wow. to reflect on it. Um, it gives you some guided prayer, especially when you're sleep deprived. You can't sometimes you can't even think of what to pray to God. You just want to be with Him. So to have those kind of that kind of guiding to still let you meditate on the word and get in communion with God has been, has been huge for me. Mm. So go, yeah, go audio. I love that one. I'm so glad I invited you in to talk <laughs> about this because yeah, I mean, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and that yep. by the word of the Lord. And if you really think about the ages of Christianity, most people have heard the Bible. Right. It was and an oral tradition, exactly, mostly in the Old I Testament. Mean, yeah. When did we even commonly be have the ability to read most common people didn't have access to a printed or Mm -hmm. transcribed version of the bible but to come together to the gathering hear the word then meditate on what you heard throughout the week that's Mm -hmm. powerful yeah for me there'll be times where i may be running late in the morning and Mm -hmm. you know at this stage of my life i'm able to have a pretty structured and dependable morning routine but you know there's days where i'm running late my other reading took me a little longer than I thought or whatever. And I will, when I go for a morning walk, I'll just mm-hmm. listen to the portions of my planned reading that I didn't actually read with my eyes. So right. that's great. That's a yeah, great I tip. Yeah, I love that. Well, for me, I'll throw a, 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 my number one in. I'll say, I think that when we're reading the Bible, and this uh, piggybacks really on what Janine and Anne both just shared, but we need to do it by listening. This is, um, if you think about what you're doing when you read the Bible, we have to remember, and I mentioned this in a recent teaching, but we are not the ones who are initiating this experience. You cannot think of yourself as the one who is um, making the first move. In other words, there's a God who saw us and made the first move towards us by sending apostles and prophets to write down the word and then by recording and preserving this word for us uh, over the years. And so God has spoken, but not only that, his word is alive, so he is speaking through his word. We're responding to him. He's the one that makes that first move. So we're, we're listening to God in that moment. So to I so, so I suppose I'm saying see yourself as the recipient of a word that the God of all flesh is speaking uh in the written pages Amen. of scripture. All right, Jeff, let's uh move on to your uh number two. I can't number wait to two. hear it. So I recommend I do this right in my daytime or my paper calendar uh to write down, jot down the things that really uh strike you and speak to you. And so I did that today. I was in Proverbs 16, Jeremiah 45, and in John 10. And being this morning in a place of needing to make some decisions, directional decisions in my life, the verses, especially Proverbs 16 and 9, which talks about the Lord directing my steps, uh, so encouraged me. Uh, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. 
I know them and they follow me. And so I go back over that and say, I am your sheep. I really need to hear your voice. I really want to follow you. I really want you to direct my steps. Please give me your decision in these matters. And I mean, it's just wonderful. I've been presenting that to God. And I was obliterated by Jeremiah 45.5. I know I've read it before, but he says, but you, are you seeking great things for yourself? Do not seek them. And I will give you your life as booty, your booty, wherever you go. So knowing that whatever lies ahead for me, I need to walk that careful, humble road. I don't need to seek great things. Whatever great things come, they will come from him. All of that in the package was a, an amazingly encouraging and directional time. And two, major, two decisions that I was able to make this morning, mm. just through going back and praying over those verses. Yeah. Mm. So cool. So when, you, when you're sitting there with your Bible open you're 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 seeking god for direction for that day or the big decisions that you have in front of you especially yeah yeah every day is different but today there were a couple of things i don't want to waste time on mm. if i'm not supposed to be doing them and i got such good clear smack smack in the face guidance it was wonderful yeah. now what do you do when those moments inevitably come where there's there's something that you're praying about. There's wisdom that you need, and and you're faithful in reading the word to try to uncover that wisdom. Uh, but you just sense I, I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten the answer. I, I mean, you've been around the block once or twice. Does that discourage you? What? How do you respond? I don't normally have as quick of an answer as I had today. And to me, the whole thing is, years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart out of Luke 11, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And, and for everyone that does that, will receive those things. And so to me, it's very often the point of just making that request, being still, and I oftentimes don't have any further guidance, and I just go on. Hmm. But it comes then, then the answer will often come back to me in a time I'm not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, I just see, oh, you're supposed to go this way. You're supposed mm. to go that way. That's great. I've known you for 15 years now, and I can attest that there have been plenty of times where you've shared with me just a direction that you've chosen or a decision that you've made yeah. that has been at least partly informed by God directing you for in sure. his word. Yeah, that's so yeah. important. Okay, Janine, what's your number two? So I think for me... Uh, the number two would be to read with purpose. Hmm. And when I say that, um, I really mean the purpose of Christ, like reading through the lens of the gospel. Yeah, talk I, about that. So foundational. I mean, the, the book's about him. <laughs> it's about yes. God, but it's about Jesus ultimately. And if we can see that, um, there's just so much more that God can do in hmm. us and, and through us um, as we pull that out of the Bible and understand that more deeply. Um, you know, I think about really second Timothy two, two, uh, and the calling to approach the word in this way, Paul says the things which you've heard from me, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm -hmm. And when we've really been able to hear God and see him clearly, then we can pass on that truth of the gospel 
mm. to others. Mm. Um, even when I, when I was talking about Philippians, it's like my favorite book, by the way, Philippians, if you haven't oh, read yes. it, do it right away. But, um, in that same chapter, chapter four, verse seven, it talks about, um, how the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so the question I ask myself is, how do I see Jesus in this passage? Mm. And how could I explain the gospel from it, right? How could someone receive the truth of Christ from this passage? And and that someone is me every day. So how would you walk us through that? Right. So I look at it and I'm like, okay, God sent his son to die on the cross so that he could live in us guarding our hearts and our minds from the things that want to destroy us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not complicated. Like there's some, some of the scripture, like you kind of have to think about it a little bit and dig a little deeper. Um, but some scripture, you know, like this one, it's, it's pretty much right there, you know, looking at who God is, identifying what the scripture says about him and then what that means because Christ lives in you. Yes. So, um, even you could do it in the old Testament, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord oh, plans yeah. to Talk prosper and not to harm you. Right. I mean, God is saying this to Israel and, but Jesus is saying that to us as believers yeah. in him. Right. And yeah. so the same promise that God is making to Israel to transform them and their future, they're wandering around at this point in history. They're like really in need of purpose and plan. Right. And so the Lord, their God is reassuring them in that way. And in that same way, because Christ went to the cross, paid the penalty for our sins. And we've accepted that truth. He is in us and can make good on that promise for us as well. Yeah. Um, you do, let me say this, you do not need a seminary degree to do this. <laughs> you just need to approach it in prayer. Um, but if you do want to go to seminary, let me just say, it's a good idea. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Janina's saying that as a seminarian, and right. so it's helped her a little bit, but uh, thank you. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, reading the Bible with that Christ lens, mm-hmm. and where is Jesus? Not approaching the Bible with the question first, what does this say to me? Or what does it say mm-hmm. about me? Correct. But saying, what what is God showing me of himself? And of course, the pinnacle of God's revelation of himself is Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that, like you said, is what the whole book is about. So thank you for that, Janine. That's great. That's a very Jesus famous point. So I like that one. <laughs> you bet. Okay, Anne, what's your number two? Oh man, my next one's another one for parents. Um, this is something that I've been really enjoying as my two-year-old has gone away from the baby stages and is becoming a bit more of a conscious, conscious human being and can understand what we say to him. Conscientious objector. <laughs> yeah, a little bit sometimes, but use the tools that you're using to disciple your kids for you to reflect on too. Don't think of this as just teaching time. This is, God can speak to you even through these simple, small tools that we have. Um, I mean, I think about this doesn't happen every day, but I try to make it happen every morning that when Theo's having breakfast, we sit down and I read a book, a a story from the Jesus storybook Bible. And, um, if anyone knows that, that kid's book, like that is next level theology. And I think we're living in a time where 
we have such incredible children's resources. This is not just flannel graph. This is not like, oh, that was a nice little moral story. Like we have such great resources that reflect the word and the heart of God for our kids. And we can use that as another avenue of discipleship and, you know, ingesting God's word for us too. And I think even, um, when we're in the car, you know, and I'm driving around driving to church or just errands and Theo's in the car, I try to make sure to, instead of listening to just like a podcast for me, I'm trying to get, you know, um, I think there's a there's um, an artist. It's called Slugs and Bugs, which <laughs> is a funny name. But he does this. He have the, he's has albums just called Sing the Bible, and he just takes verses from the Bible and he puts them to song. And I think I've memorized more scripture in the last ten years that way mm-hmm. than just through you know, rote memorization, I would have to sing the verses to you to remember them (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the silly way he does them. But, you know, that has blood, like that has allowed me to meditate on the word and ingest the word and um, help me study the Bible, you know, in a way that edifies me as a parent and as an adult, you know, and not just for my kid. So that's been really fun to kind of delve into that arena. So I think you have to be really smart to be able to translate things for kids to understand so it's not a simple endeavor and yeah, there's a lot of great resources for parents or even just for adults who want to kind of learn that way too. Yeah. I, I agree with you about the time that we're in and some of the great resources that are out there and we'll put both of those resources that you mentioned yep. in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone who, uh, has basically been kind of discipled in how to view God and how to view scripture totally. through the Jesus storybook Bible. Oh, man. Like I'm reading this to my kid and I've never thought of the yeah. story of Rahab this way. And I was and crying, crying and I can't get yes. through it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's that one is next level. Yeah, it's so it's good. Amazing. Yeah. But that's great. Like just thinking through, like I'm not just mindlessly going through this story. I'm not just mindlessly giving them this information. And I think some of those higher quality things, it's kind of hard to mindlessly go through it. It's like Mm -hmm. kind of kicks you in the gut a little bit. Like, wow, this is powerful. Yeah, I was reading this morning. It was the story of um, Samuel choosing David to be the king. And, you know, Theo's not even two yet. And I'm flipping through and he just kept pointing at the the sheep and saying, bah, bah. And I was like, I'm glad that's what you're getting out of this. I'm just getting really blessed right now by this story (laughs) and that God chooses the smallest, but he sees their heart. And like, I hope that Theo listens to that. But man, I like totally was discipled in that moment. I love (laughs) it. So it was for me too. I'm picturing hundreds of people right now who don't have any kids at all on Amazon and they're buying all these resources for themselves. This is going to be their new uh, study Bible. Yep. Great commentary. (laughs) Well, I think for my number two, what I'll uh, talk about is uh, I think that it's really helpful. And again, these are just tips. Some of them are universal for everybody. Some of them might be a season in your life where it's helpful, but one that I'll throw out is I think it's helpful to keep a journal. And uh, what I mean by a journal is not necessarily a lengthy, long, uh, you know, diary form kind of uh, written work where it takes, you know, 40 minutes to write all your thoughts about the day before or the day to come or how your life is going or uh, the scripture that you're reading. Those things can be helpful. And I've found that that form of journaling can 
maybe unlock some things in your heart that you didn't really understand were there, but helps you kind of communicate things uh, a little bit better and tap into things. But um, what I'm talking about is something that is simpler, cleaner, just a little more bullet uh, point formed, where as you're reading the Bible, uh, perhaps just write down uh, a thing that you notice and it doesn't even have to be complete a, sent, a complete sentence or a good grammar. You just kind of throw in there like, I noticed this or I noticed that. Or I find for me a lot of times it turns into a prayer that I want to pray. Maybe one of my kids that I'm thinking about that I want to pray for something in the church I want to lift up to God. Uh, but And I'll just write that down there. It's not like I, ha- I have a big thing on the front that says prayer journal or anything like that. It's just chicken scratch that I understand. But it, it does something to me to kind of just uh, lock in, all right, this is a, something God is speaking to me. And I was reading today in First Peter chapter 4 about Christian suffering and emulating the suffering of Jesus. And I was just kind of thinking about a theology of suffering. And I started just writing down different ways that I noticed Jesus suffered when he was here. And... As I just was bullet pointing some of those things that God was really resonating and speaking to me, you know, showing me, well, Jesus suffered in a sense because he was alone. He, he, there were times where he, nobody understood him. There were times he was misunderstood. Uh, of course, all his physical suffering. So anytime, you know, I'm sick or injured or, you know, and as I just kind of tried to bullet point some things out, the passage came alive to me. So I encourage you guys to uh, keep a journal. All right, that's my second. Jeff, let's move on to your last and uh, your number three. Third and final, I really enjoy a free resource called blueletterbible.com. Mm, good Very good. And so I you know, took two years of Latin at York School right here in town and then a, f- a third year later. And once you understand uh, Latin, Greek is easy. And so the, the whole New Testament is accessible whether you took any uh, foreign language or not, uh, through blueletterbible.com. So, for example, when you're going along and you see the word no, K-N-O-W, there's two totally different words for no. One means I, I know experientially by touch, feel. But the other is, is oida, which means I perceive. I, I know it in my knower. It's, it's a, a spiritual revelatory thing. Those are completely different things. Or in John 21, where, you know, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Love me? And there's two different Greek words. Most of us have come across that, which are very, very different and give a whole new slant to that passage. And so if you're at all curious and you're reading a, a passage and you see a word, you think, well, you know, what is, is there any... Uh, other meaning, because so often in the Hebrew and Greek there are word pictures within a, a word. Is there any other meaning I might get by just going to Blue Letter Bible and, and getting the inner linear there? It's, it's so easy to use. You don't have to be any kind of a mm-hmm. brainiac to do it. Um, the commentaries that's there, um, David Gusick's my favorite, you know, to look up a passage that I'm not sure I understand and get the history as I'm working on the observation interpretation before I make the application. I just think Blue Letter Bible is a great, without having all the books strewn around, just that laptop next to you, and uh, look up some words. 
Yeah, it's such a treasure. I mean, mm-hmm. treasure. thousands of pages of quality material right there at your fingertips. Right there. Now, do you uh, do you have that on your phone? Do you have that on a tablet, on a computer? How do you access it? I do the laptop. Yeah. yeah I have, have it, it on next my phone. Yeah. yeah, they've got a nice app, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, is that a challenge for you at all? Like, um, I mean, I'm, ass- I'm assuming you don't always access it every single day, but... no. Um, having your laptop there, do you ever get distracted? You know, you're, you're wanting to look up your, your, what's your, what's your online thing that you do, Jeff, when you get distracted? Just so that I don't get distracted. Uh, it's in the other room. Okay. And I have to walk in the other room and look that thing up and then come back. Yeah. As if you had to go into your library. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. Is it it like, I was going to say it's like a desktop attached to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. It's a old tower. One of those tower units. (laughs) That's great. What a what a good resource. Yeah, there's so much great stuff out there, and you're right, David Guzik's material is great. Uh, Janine, what's your number three? So I might be pushing the boundaries a little bit, but I would expect nothing less. Excellent. And I came wearing my Life Group sweatshirt as a preview. So first I said read with prayer, then I said read with purpose. Now I'm saying read with people. Oh, that's good. Right? Talk about that. A three piece. That's it. Uh, so you can easily remember, but, um, (laughs) it's just when you read with someone else, like you said, when you were journaling, that's a way that you were expressing yourself and getting your thoughts out of your head. Mm -hmm. Reading with people is another way to do that to, um, and reading in community really, it helps you find a lot of things that you might not find on your own. Uh, for example, there's a level of growth and application that you can get from the word when you're uh, reading with somebody else that you just don't get on your own. Yep. And that's the beauty of the church. That's why God designed us to be in relationship with him and with one another. Second um, Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about these things that you're doing as an individual to be taught, rebuked, correct, trained in righteousness. But then think about that on the church level, like mm-hmm. when you're doing it with even just one other person, how that changes the dynamic mm-hmm. of how you can absorb and grow in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of get stuck sometimes <laughs> in yeah. our own space and with our own routines and in our own uh, perception of the word, but then somebody else might just be able to provide that little nudge or something that gets you unstuck, right? Or gives you the courage um, to overcome the fear or take the risk that Mm -hmm. you, that God's calling you to. Um, The other thing that I think reading in community, reading with people, um, and this could be, you know, one other person or a small group, like a growth group or a life group, Mm -hmm. um, is accountability and Uh protection, John uh, 17, 17, Jesus prays, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And it's this holiness, this truth that protects us from that which so easily entangles, right? That which um, the devil or even our own selves really could just use to draw us away from the Lord and from what it says in his word. So Oftentimes we need each other to process these things um, and to help just receive that just protection and that accountability uh, through the word. And it's, you're centered in it. 
right? Yeah. Like it's, you both recognize that it's the truth. And so it's grounding and it's yeah. bringing you that unity. And um, yeah, it's just so important. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes it's the accountability to keep going mm-hmm. in the word. My little growth group that I'm in, you know, each week when we get together, we all share when it's our turn to share what our MVP was from the previous week. So that's our most valuable passage. Mm -hmm. And you got to like explain, you know, this is what I think I got out of it. This is why it was meaningful to me. And, you know, it's a tough one to fake. You know, (laughs) you you have to have read. There has (laughs) to have been something that resonated. And uh, so that's important. But the point that you're making about discussing the word together, talking about the word together. uh, Yeah, I love that one. I think for me, that's part of the reason why I invited Janine, you to be here and Anne for you to be here as well, because uh, I've noticed in the life group that I've been in for a number of years, one of my favorite things is hearing the women in our group share how God has impacted them through the word. I'm a complementarian and I believe in a male eldership. So I think that the pulpit should be manned for the most part by male pastors, but that doesn't mean that male pastors are the only ones who have something to say about the Bible. (laughs) And so it's so cool (laughs) to be there with these, uh, young moms or, you know, women who've been walking with the Lord for many years Mm -hmm. or who are newer in Christ. It's just like so exciting to hear Mm -hmm. what they are hearing from the Bible Mm -hmm. and uh, it can be refreshing. It can be corrective. It can be challenging. It can, it can be illuminating. There's just so many things. All those things. Yeah. You just kind of got to patiently just keep trucking with that kind of uh, community, but God will speak to you in that way. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. I love that. All right. And what's your third well, first plug is I'm in Janine's growth group, so oh, she okay. keeps us on track for sure. Um, but that has been one of the f- big things. We started that probably, yeah, a year after I had Theo, so it was just a really big uh, help for me to get back into that rhythm mm. of regular scripture reading again. So I ne- I needed that accountability. So mm. um, I would really encourage people to get into that kind of mode and bring other people into that. Yeah. If you need that, you know, if yeah. you, the, you know. Discipline is hard, obviously. Um, Maybe before you do your third, Janine, you could talk for a second about growth groups here at Calvary and Mm -hmm. what a next step would be for someone who wants to either be in a life group or in a growth group. Sure. Well, the beautiful thing about growth groups is that you don't need anybody but the other people in your group to do it, to move forward. It's so super simple. You just grab at least two other people and of the same gender, you commit to scripture, sharing, and prayer at a regular interval that works for you, the three to five of you, mm-hmm. um, and you commit to doing it and see what yeah. the Lord does. Yeah. Um, you can find out more about Calvary.com, about growth groups at calvary.com slash growth groups. Um, and then life groups are a little bit different. They tend to be a larger size, 12 to 15, um, and they at Calvary are sermon based Mm -hmm. life groups. So you commit to listening to the sermon on Sunday, which is, um, at Calvary based in the work we do exegetical teaching here. So based on, you know, scripture and wandering, not wandering, um, going through the Bible strategically in that way. And then diving into the scripture with that group of 12 to 15 people each week for, we do it here for about three months and it's just such a great way to see the scripture come alive and, um, 
see iron sharpening iron, um, it's really awesome. So if you're at all thinking about doing something like that, just do it. Whether yeah. it's at Calvary Monterey, wherever church you're at, like yeah. just jump in, just yeah. do it. Well said. I love that. Yeah, for me, both of those uh, contexts have been great. There, there are some similarities, but they're very different mm-hmm. from each other too. Mm-hmm. I, I, my life group, you know, we have both genders that are there. Uh, some married couples, obviously, that are there, and a bunch of kids are there, and it's generally like a you know three hour affair where there's some food, some snacks, some hanging out, some chit chat, and then of course some discussion and some prayer together. My growth group, on the other hand, is just a couple of friends and me, uh, all guys. And it's just an hour of all business, you know, it's just good morning. We, we actually hold ours on, uh, online on zoom and we just get it done each week. And it feels a little more, uh, uh, maybe, uh, I don't think hardcore. It's not really hardcore. It just feels a little bit like maybe a little bit more demanding because for us, at least it's each week and it lasts a lot longer than the life group quarter. But, um, and, and maybe a little less fun because it's not as uh, friendship oriented mm-hmm. or based and not as relaxed, but both of them are very helpful and mm-hmm. very good. So thanks for talking about those. Yeah. All right. And let's now get okay. to your number three. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I had some other, I had an extra, extra backup because one of mine was accountability. So growth groups and the other <laughs> one was blue letter Bible. So my super backup one, um, is kind of from my, time, you know, being at a Bible college. And I really hope that my theology professors, Dr. Williams and Dr. Anazor are listening (laughs) and hope they're proud of me. Um, but to see yourself as a theologian, if you're Mm. studying God's word, you're a theologian and you can't, you don't have to pay all these dollars to go to college or a seminary to have access to resources that are really help you. So what I'm recommending is to get your hands on some sort of systematic theology textbook or uh, other sort of book. So, you know, the one that we used was kind of the iconic Wayne Grudem systematic theology Mm -hmm. that's like 70,000 pages or whatever. You could hurt someone (laughs) with that giant beast of a book. Um, That was great for college. And, you know, it does have things broken down super simply. But my point is... When you have a grasp on what scripture says about God's um, omnipotence or his Mm -hmm. omniscience or the characteristics that he shares with us and the characteristics that are only attributable to him, like having that kind of foundation already set helps you so much as you read through scripture. Um, You know, and, you know, if you're reading scripture just straight, you're going to, you know, hopefully figure that out those things out on your own or in community with people that'll definitely come but having that kind of resource is such an aid to mm. you I know you have another systematic theology book that you like Jeff I think that you've talked about before yeah lectures in systematic theology it's a really interesting one mm-hmm. by Did, who who's that one you know I'm blanking on the Isn't author it? perhaps we can put that into the was it Wearsby in notes no no not okay. Wearsby Man. Yeah. and Denise is reading a very interesting uh, uh, A.W. Tozier Attributes of God and mm-hmm. it's like systematic theology right. in a much simpler form written by a farm boy that grew up never went to mm-hmm. college at all yeah and it's like a, a simpler than Grudem right. systematic theology yeah. but about God 
like what does scripture say about the atonement? What does it say about the Holy Spirit? What yeah, should we, you know, different perspectives on, you know, uh, heaven or, you know, things like that. I think having that foundation is so helpful. One resource that I've really enjoyed lately um, is this Bible teacher. She's an MDiv and she, um, her husband, she and her husband planted a church. He's the pastor of the church. She's on staff there also. Her name's Amy Gannett. Um, but she just wrote a book um, called Fix Your Eyes. It's about 200 pages long, and it's just like a super condensed systematic theology. It's super accessible super. for pretty much anybody Love who that. wants to read it. I would recommend it for anyone. That would be an awesome way to just speed through, be like, oh, okay, I kind of understand like the arc of scripture and yeah. the foundation of my faith, and that'll help me so much as I you know, cruise through scripture in all these different um types of literature and you know just gives you a better understanding of how to interpret scripture well yeah oh that's great so for those of you brand new to all these terms systematic theology the idea is you're taking theology the study of who god is and you're systematizing it to a degree you're taking these disparate passages from all over the bible and you're organizing them in a structure so that you can kind of see okay we want to ask this question about angels and we got to go all over the bible to find these different nuanced answers and different uh, shades of meaning of what an angel is but when you put them all together here's the conclusion mm -hmm. we've systematized what mm -hmm. we think an angel uh, is. Mm -hmm. It's not the way that we read the Bible, mm -hmm. but to have that backbone uh, in your catalog can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And to have a resource you can pull off the shelf and read real quickly uh, is great. Uh, Grudem, the systematic theology. He, so don't just search for systematic theology and pick any one because there's some <laughs> aberrant ones out there as yeah, well. There's probably. a lot of authors who have written a book called Systematic Theology. But uh, the one that Wayne Grudem uh, wrote is very good. I've read the whole thing a couple of times and <laughs> it's solid. Mm -hmm. But he also, uh, and if we can find this, we'll put this in the show notes as well. His home church that's near the seminary he used to teach at. He actually taught through his wow. systematic theology to an adult education class oh, there. Wow. And they posted those lectures online wow. for nice. free. So oh, it's, goodness. you know, it's like a hundred lectures. Uh, it's not dry. It's super helpful. Yeah. So to, you know, to have a couple of lectures on the millennium, eternal judgment, heaven you know i mean they're mm -hmm. just they're they're priceless mm -hmm. and uh, the one that i really like the other systematic theology i really like is written by a guy named thiessen henry thiessen that, I think. that's, that's the one is that what you're thinking? i remember yeah. you talking about thiessen's that good probably even a little more theologically aligned with where i'm at at least um than grudem although grudem is is great and mm -hmm. super solid so those are great great recommendations i'm glad you had the the uh, bonus bonus tip ready to go and ready to go <laughs> No kidding. Okay, my last one. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot uh, about, um, you know, the perspective, the, you know, pra very practical things. I want to talk about something that is, hmm, maybe I could say it like this, a little more feel-oriented. What I would say is when, when you become a Christian and you're in Christ, God, he becomes your father, uh, you're his child. And I think that 
a lot more of our dryness that we sometimes feel or difficulty we sometimes feel in Bible reading or in prayer. I think a lot more of it has to do with our misperceptions of him than we like to let on. We like to blame it maybe more on like, well, I've never been a Bible reader. I've never been a reader. I don't understand what I'm reading. Or I never went to Bible college. Or uh, it's just kind of dry to me. We, we like to say those things. But I think a lot of times the barrier to entry for people is, I know I'm not supposed to say that I think God is mean or unfair or unkind. But I kind of see him that way. Mm. And what I want you to do is to push through that until you feel that God is your father and that he loves you and that he is good and that in the pages of scripture is something beautiful for you that your heavenly father wants to speak to, to you, to help you know him better. So walk yourself through that every day if you have to, even telling him honestly how you are feeling about Mm -hmm. him because even in that honesty I believe the spirit is addressing perhaps misperceptions that you have and a correction is occurring it's not like God doesn't know (laughs) what you think about him Mm -hmm. you can't fool him so share your heart with him he's your father he can handle it I guarantee you he's heard far worse than whatever you're gonna say so see him as your father is my my last and concluding tip. So I wanted to wrap up today's um, session, these uh, 12 tips on how to read your Bible uh, better with uh, giving each one of you guys a chance to give a closing and last uh, exhortation. So Pastor Jeff, we'll start with you. When it comes to reading the Bible, as I alluded to before, it took me a long time to get established in that and to see it as I do today, such a delight. Mm. But I heard a guy say one time, so many things begin as a duty. You develop a discipline and then it turns into just Mm. a delight. Mm -hmm. And it just takes time. Mm -hmm. Duty, discipline, delight. And so for me, heading downstairs to that living room, having part of that time with my wife, it is such a delight, and uh, it's such a habit. A, ha- a habit, in, by my definition, is something that's easier to do than not do, and that's my habit. I, I never miss that morning time, and uh, so I just encourage you, just keep at it, and Amen. it will develop into the, the delight of your life and, and your time with God, as you were saying, that revelation of God's fatherhood, his love, his care. It's a it's a it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. to pursue God in that way through his word. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Once you can make it into a non-negotiable part yeah. of your day, you know, generally speaking mm-hmm. with, yeah. with <laughs> grace and understanding the different seasons of life mm-hmm. that we go through, uh, it will be so helpful mm-hmm. uh, to you. Yeah. Can I make a comment about yeah. that? I was thinking, you know, I think especially my generation and maybe, you know, as a millennial or younger than us, things we don't want to do things that don't feel authentic. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be such an excuse to not do things that are hard. And, oh, I'm not going to read my Bible today. It doesn't feel authentic or true for me or whatever. Insert your uh, whatever sort of excuse yeah. you like to make. But, you know, there's so, so much value in that kind of spiritual training. You have to push yourself a little bit. And, you know, and there's the expectation that there's blessing on the other side. So 
it's okay if it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. You can still be sincere in your effort and God will totally. see it and bless you. Well said. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the Bible says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, but there's times where it's like you want to feel like you're hungry mm-hmm. before you eat a meal. And there's times that you don't feel hungry. It's just, this is the right time for me to eat. I know I need to keep fuel in my system, but spiritually speaking, there'll be times where you feel hungry and there'll be times that you don't, but it's good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And that's a great point. Thanks for adding that. Janine. Yeah. My last exhortation is very much related to all the things that have been said, but just to commit, like just do it. Like make a plan. Mm-hmm. I think about when I was younger and I would finish reading Philippians and then I wasn't sure where to go next. And I would kind of wander a little bit and the Lord would speak to me, of course, as I would pick random verses to read each day. But then I'd eventually find Joshua or something, mm-hmm. right? And in the course between Philippians and Joshua, I could have probably read Luke. Like, so... I guess my, my exhortation is just from personal experience, but like do it, make a plan, see where you could go and be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just do it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You gotta, at some point there's a decision in the Christian life. You know, we make a decision to surrender to Jesus, to accept the gospel, the gift of salvation that gift that the Lord has given to us. And we are involved in this sanctification process. It's a strange thing because as you read through the Bible, it's very clear. It's not a 50-50 proposition. It's not half us and half God. But it's, 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 I think the best way to say it when you look at comparing Scripture with Scripture, it's all us and all God. <laughs> so he's asking us to lay our lives down to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So yeah, I love that exhortation. Make the decision and do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think, you know, this is just an encouragement, you know, from my season of life, especially recently, um, in trying to figure out a new way of making all of this work and, you know, with a kid who wakes up at 5:45, and you know there just isn't quite time or the same amount of time but um I'm actually going to read something that um Amy Gannett wrote I follow her on social media she um loves the Lord works in ministry and she has two little kids under three so I feel like we're in a similar season Beautiful. and she has Beautiful. a lot to say about encouraging people to get into the word so That's this great. is what she said she says Whether it is one verse or one chapter or one book of the Bible, the most essential aspect of your quiet time will be reading or hearing, I'll insert, the word of God. So before you lament uh, the amount of time you have to study, ask yourself instead, how much scripture can I study in the time that I have? We are invited to respond to what we study in scripture in worship. So ask yourself, what response does this passage ask of me? Is there a truth for me to believe, a command to obey, a promise to be received? So I think, you know, if you're really daunted by the hour-long quiet time, the journaling, the, you know, three bookmarks thing, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a great thing to strive for, but if you have five minutes between putting a baby down for a nap and needing to get out the door, can you read a couple of verses and say, like, Lord, what 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 do you want me to receive from this today? How can I use this? How can I 
glorify you, see what you have, what you're revealing about yourself, and what do you want me to take from this for today, you know, and God will bless you. He knows that you're in a leaner season, and um, he can still speak to you, and it's still important to, mm-hmm. to do it. Well said. Mm-hmm. It's like the, uh, the manna in the wilderness. You know, some people went out and got a lot, and it was enough for them. Mm-hmm. Other people got a little. It was enough for them. Mm-hmm. You just got to get what you got to get mm-hmm. that day, and the Lord will make it work. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think, uh, you know, for me, I'm so thankful uh, for this conversation with all of you. Uh, I'm laughing in my mind just thinking about, well, the, this time of year, there might be a handful of people listening to this who are have committed themselves to a Bible reading program, trying to maybe get through it in a year. And they're probably right around Leviticus, maybe right in the middle of the mm-hmm. law, you know, they're mm-hmm. maybe struggling a little <laughs> bit. So... Uh, hopefully this can be a little shot in the arm to some of you, wherever you're at in your Bible reading. And if you ever need to be re-encouraged in the future, go ahead and cue this one up again and, and uh, get the encouragement that you need. I think my last uh, just short exhortation would be that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. So go get those mercies. Thanks to all of you for being with me today you guys were great i think this was a beautiful episode and can't wait for everybody to hear it god bless you guys